Good morning, church. Yeah, we continue with our sermon series on numbers, and today we will be looking at chapters 22 to 24. Uh, selected passages lang pala. Mamiya, akala nyo sobrang mahaba. Selected passages from chapters 22 to 24, where it contains some of the finest narratives and theological teachings. The storyline in these chapters is more than just yung talking donkey. No? Hindi lang yung talking donkey pag-uusapan dyan sa 22 to 24. But it deals with the wicked plan of King Balak and of the prophet for hire, Balaam, to curse the people of God. And yet, in the course of their conspiracy, the story is filled with many twists and turns with irony, encounters with God, and God's unfailing promises. And so our story takes us into the mysterious world of blessing and cursing. And in this narrative, no, we'll be going through some questions that we will be answering. But before we go that, do that, no, why don't we bow our heads and uh, have a word of prayer? Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here in your temple to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray for all of us, please give us a, a head that is willing to listen, ears to hear, and a heart, most of all, willing to be taught and transformed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You know, the passage that we just read a while ago is just a prologue, no? a prologue to what we are going to hear this morning. And after those events that we just read, the next scene takes us to chapter 22. And let me read that for you. Then the people of Israel set out and camped in the plains of Moab. You know, the promised land is within sight. Kitang-kita na nila yung promised land, no? And uh, our story begins with the Israelites camped in the plains of Moab. Now, this particular campsite is called Shittim, which in Hebrew is Acacia, no? Probably there were a lot, there were lots of Acacia trees in that place. Now, this is the third time that the people of God in their wilderness journey are going to be encamped. Remember, yung first time they were at Mount Sinai. Then they were encamped at Kadesh Barnea. Now, in the plains of Moab, they are going to stay there for quite some time. And like their prior engagement, no? encampments, I mean, you'd notice certain similarities. May mga pagkakapareho. And what is that? That in all their journeys, the Lord is with them. The Lord is with them. And God was using these instances to humble and test them, to let them know that Yahweh is disciplining them like a father disciplined his son. And they not only listen, but actively obey his command. And then we continue in verses 2 to 4. And Balak, the son of Sippor, saw all that Israel has done to the Amorites. 
and Moab was in great dread of the people because they were many. Moab was overcome with fear of the people of Israel, and Moab said to the elders of Midian, you know, this horde will lick up all that is around us as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And so Balak, the son of Sippor, who was king of Moab at that time. So at this point in time, King Balak of Moab, hindi pa niya ina-attack si Israel. You know why? Because he thought King Sihon would be able to get the job done because he also defeat, defeated the Moabites. Pero the defeat of King Og of Bashan and King Balak of, uh, of uh, King Balak no? uh, of, of the Amorites, no? ah, sorry, but the defeat of King Og of Bashan no? and King Sihon of the Ammonites. At the hand of the Israelites meant that what? Si King Balak was in fear. No, natatakot na siya. And you know what? Bible scholars estimated that at that time, the Jews were around one and a half to two million. No? So imagine that. One and a half and two million people malapit lang sa lugar mo. No? So I guess it was understandable for King Balak to be afraid. But, you know, what was interesting was the fact that King Balak, hindi niya alam that God commanded his people not to provoke or attack Moab. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 9, the Lord said to Moses, Do not harass Moab nor provoke them to war, for I will not I will not give you any of their land as a possession because I have given Ar to the sons of Lot as a possession. In other words, yung, yung takot, yung King Balak's fear was baseless because the Moabites and the Ammonites, no, and Ammonites, being the sons of Lot, were related to the Israelites, and they were exempted no, from the attacks. You know, sometimes our ignorance plays an important role in fear. If only King Balak knew of God's command, he would not have been so scared. And likewise, di ba tayo din? No? If we only knew the unfailing promises of God, we would not have been so fearful. Incidentally, alam niyo ba, the name Balak no, means devastator. No? And how ironic that the devastator is in fear of being devastated. And you know what happens when we are overcome with fear? We do many foolish or stupid things, which I personally have done quite a number of times. No? In fear, I lie. No? In fears, I cheat. In fear, sometimes I do things on my own wisdom and strength back at because I find it hard to wait on the Lord. You know, King Balak knew that the God of the Israelites was powerful and he needed extra special force to neutralize the threat. 
and he knew that it would take more than a powerful and large army. And what he needed was a supernatural power to succeed. And as I continue to read on verses 5 to 6, it says there, So he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Petor, which is near the river, in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, a people came out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the land, and they are living opposite me. Now, therefore, please come, curse this people for me, since they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I may be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. So enter Balaam into the picture. And it says in our Bible, he is the son of Beor. No? He is from Petor, near the river, which means si Balaam galing pa yan sa Mesopotamia, no? which is seven, 640 kilometers north of Moab. No? Uh, for us to have a better picture of what 640 kilometers is, it's like the trip from Baguio City down to Naga, no? down to the city in Bicol. That's how, how far 640 kilometers is. And so now, Balaam came also from a family of what? Of famous diviners, no? Divine, diviners. And uh, they were known as Baru, no? which is priest diviner from Mesopotamia. Now, let me emphasize this, that their family made a living by cursing and blessing. Negosyo nila yon, no? Katiyang sangdi, no? Their, their business in the, is in the business of blessing and cursing. And so, for a large sum of money, regardless of your religious affiliation and uh, politics, they will perform the request of their clients, whether to bless or to curse. And so, King Balak he sent emissaries no, to bring Balaam. No, dali niyo si Balaam dito sa Moab with the specific instruction of what? I want you to curse them. And by the way, Balaam means to devour. And so now we have the devastator, Balak, and the devourer, Balaam, joining forces to curse the people of God. Now, ano mga ibig sabihin ng cursing? What is cursing? You know, well, the, the Bible used the word cursing in two ways. No? Two ways. In the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 21, verse 17 says, He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 28, Jesus taught us how to respond to those who are cursing us. What do we do? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. The idea of cursing here is to dishonor, to insult, to ridicule, like in today's time. Cursing is an expression of what? Profanity, blasphemous language. This type of cursing is now known as what? Verbal curses. Verbal curses. But there is also another type of cursing. 
And this Hebrew word was used 63 times in the Bible. And the first time, no, alam niyo sino unang gumamit noon? God. God. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 to 17, God cursed the serpent. God cursed the ground because Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. And the idea of, of, uh, of cursing here is unlike verbal curses because here, yung cursing dito is it is to bind someone to a spell, to render someone powerless to resist, to cause them to become weak. And this is a spiritual curse, a spiritual curse. So now we get the idea. Ano ba yung plano ni Balak? No? What he was really trying to do, that this cursing was not just a verbal taunt, but a spiritual condemnation. And King Balak, he wanted to render God's people powerless so that he will be able to defeat them. But, bakit sa lahat ng tao, no? si Balaam yung pinili niya? Well, at the end of the verse 6, it says, For I know he whom you bless is blessed. And him who you curse is cursed. In other words, Balaam was renowned. No? He was notorious to get the job done. And that means when he blesses or he curses, it is going to happen. So now this brings me to my next questions. No? Next two questions, actually. Can, can God's people be cursed? Can God's blessing for His people be annulled? No? Pwede ba i-cancel yan? No. Let me read to you verse, uh, in chapter 23, verses 5 to 10. No? Then the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and you shall speak this. So he returned to him, and behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering, and he and all the elders, elders of Moab. He took up his discourse and said, From Aram, Balak has brought me, Moab's king from the mountain of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom God has not Denounce. As I see him from the top of the rocks, and I look at him from the hills, behold, a people who dwells apart and will not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright, and let my de end be like his. So here, what I want you to take note is God's action and His command. No? God's action and His command. In verse 5, the Lord says what? I will put a word on Balaam's mouth. And then God said, You shall speak this. 
Now, this phrases clearly tells us who's the boss. This phrases clearly tells us who is calling the shots. Sino? God. God is the one calling the shot because our God is sovereign. And what is sovereign? God's sovereignty is what? His absolute independence to do as He pleases and His absolute control over the action of all His creation. And so, what that means? No creature, no person, no empire can ever thwart God's will, or act outside God's bound. You know, Balaam, he may be a famous and powerful priest, diviner. He may be good at giving curses. He may even be following the proper procedure of offering to seek a favorable response to God. But in these verses that we just read, it says he can only speak what God wanted him to say. No more, no less. And God displayed his sovereignty not only in this verse, but if we look at or in the succeeding verses, no, which I flashed to you, you will notice that every time Balaam would speak, he can only articulate the words that the Lord wanted him to say. Again, Balaam can only say the words that the Lord placed in his mouth. And, of course, one of those statements is what? No? Sabi niya, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom God has not denounced? No? Do you understand that? Naintindihan niyo ba yon? Like I said, no, Balaam may be a famous priest diviner, but he is powerless against Yahweh. And God does not and will not allow his children to be cursed. In fact, God has already warned Balaam in Numbers 22, verse 12. Ano sabi niya? No one. No one can and no one will be able to curse whom God has blessed. I want you to remember this. No? The one who is in you, no? the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And because we belong to Jesus Christ, our enemy, no, Satan, has no power to curse what God has blessed. And if, my, if I may add another passage in Isaiah chapter 4, chapter 54, verse 17, it says, No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. So biblically speaking, biblically speaking, to receive a spiritual curse, to annul God's spiritual blessing to his people is what? Impossible. Unimpossibility. 
So I want you to tell the person beside you, no? Sabi mo, don't worry. You are not cursed, but you are blessed. Tell the person beside you, don't worry. No, you are not cursed, but you are blessed. Huh? Yeah. Do, they, do they look convinced? Naniniwala ba sila sa'yo? Huh? No? Sa tingin mo, naniniwala ba siya sinasabi mo? Huh? This brings me to my next question. No? Why do Christians, why do Christians sometimes feel cursed rather than blessed? May mga Christian na ganun eh. They feel cursed rather than blessed. For one, no, probably we may have a wrong understanding of blessing. We may have a wrong understanding of blessing. For example, no, when tragedy or bad things happen to us, when we lose our jobs, when we're diagnosed with a serious or life-threatening illness, or suddenly your baby or children fell sick without any reason. Anong papasok sa isipan natin? Probably someone has jinxed us. Someone has put a hex on us or a negative, powerful energy has befallen us. And why those thoughts? No, bakit natin naiisip yun? I guess this is where our culture our animistic belief, nako, nakulam, na, na, na kailangan, ano, na usog, na usog. No? Or even our adherence no? to previous religion like Buddhism, Taoism, or even Roman Catholicism comes to play. And this bad karma somehow makes us anxious and fearful. Because bakit? Iniisip natin we have betrayed and turned our backs from our former beliefs. Kasi, I asked the church to dispose yung image and idols. No? And we think we're getting cursed for doing so. And so at this point, anong iniisip na natin? No? This is where we tell ourselves, why don't I Try the things that I practiced before. No? Magpatawas kaya ako ulit. No? Why don't I go back to the temples no? where I once frequent and ask the temple master to write some anti-cursing notes on a yellow paper no? and ilagay sa isang baso, iinuming ko, or fold it and put it in my wallet. No? Some might even offer food or Josh paper to appease the gods and their dead ancestors. Why do some do that? Why? Probably, no? Some understand blessings in having what? Health, wealth, and power. But when we label blessings as such, no? We are now narrowing our vision of God's blessing to merely earthly blessing. You know, health, wealth, and power are indeed good gifts when they draw you near to God. But when they draw us nearer to the gifts 
rather than the giver, then these earthly blessings have become a curse. You know, some, you know, I have friends who look at blessings from another perspective. You know, God's blessing, sabi nila, can be seen in oppression and persecution. Some see blessings in their experience during hunger, during need, during their weakness. Some can see blessing or experience blessing in life-threatening sickness and disability. You know why? Because through those challenges, believers have experienced the sufficiency of God's grace. Believers have experienced that Christ is the one who gives them strength. They have experienced perfect peace that comes only from the Holy Spirit. You know, I have a fellow alumna. I met her last Tuesday. And when I saw her, I was surprised because halos maubos na yung kanyang buhok. She looks bloated and there are some black patches on her hands and arms. And uh, I knew she was getting treatment for, from chemo, but I was surprised at her appearance. And I asked her, so sister, how are you doing? And she told me, you know, uh, my latest update, brother, is this, no? Uh, I'm so glad that uh, the doctors did not find any growth in my liver, in my lungs, or even in my bones. Pero, when they do an MRI on my head, they saw a growth, no? Less than 3 cm. And uh, carrying our conversation forward, sabi niya, you know, in one of my devotion, when I was in Psalm 139, she told me, you know, Benson, I was so... First time when I read this, it meant nothing. But now when I continue to read this, it really felt something to me. You know that passage, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, how can a cancer victim say that she is fearfully and wonderfully made? You know, how, how did she experience that, that she is fearfully and wonderfully made dun sa mission niya sa buhay. That she knew that even and in spite of her sickness, she can still, God can still use her life to glorify God. You know, true blessing, I want you to remember this, true blessings comes not from having, but by knowing. Because knowing God is the blessing. Knowing God is the blessing. You know, another reason why we may feel cursed is because we have a wrong theology of the God we believe. And ano mangyayari pag we have a wrong theology of God? it will lead to a wrong understanding of who he is. You know, let me read chapters 23 and 19 to 20. God is not a man 
he should not lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? And has he spoken and will not he fulfill it? Behold, I receive a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot revoke it. In this verses, you will see a pagan priest giving theological truths about God's character and his promises. You know, come to think of it, no? All of us, I'm sure, all of us must have made a promise to someone with a good intention of gagawin ko talaga to, keeping it. But at some point in time, we failed to honor our promise. We broke, no? And what happens no? when you break a promise? You probably could have break someone's heart, someone's hope, or someone's trust. But did you know that God is not like a man who breaks his promises? God keeps his promises. He will not. He will not change his mind. And the reason why we can rely in him is because our God is faithful. And the word faithful means true, no? true and worthy. God is indeed true to his word. He is worthy of our trust. You know, both in the Old and New Testament, God is faithful in keeping his promises. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, ano sabi dito? Know therefore that the Lord your God he, the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps His covenant and His loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, the one who calls you is completely dependable. If He said it, He will do it. Pero... Si King Balak, no? Balak, he was very, very persistent. He desperately wanted to curse God's people. But what did he learn? No? You know, he went to different places. No? In verses 22, verse 41, uh, Balak took Balaam and brought him to Bamoth Baal. No? And later, he took him to the field of Sophim, at, to the top of Pisgah. And later, he took Balaam to the top of Peor. You know, even a change of location. Bagubagohin mo lugar, no? Was an exercise in futility. And whatever strategy na gagamitin ni Balak or even ni Balaam, it will never, never change the promises given to his people by our faithful God. And according to Paul, all the promises of God are yes. All the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. This means that all the promises that you see in your Bible about His love, about His peace, about His joy, about forgiveness, about salvation, about His protection to every one of us, about hope and heaven, are made possible and fulfilled only 
in Jesus Christ. Again, remember, God's children are spiritually blessed, and God will not allow His children to be spiritually cursed. Hindi mangyayari yon. And so, how can? How can Christian be assured? How can we take comfort that we are indeed blessed? First, no? God's words edifies. Remember that. God's words, His words edifies us. There's one pastor who said, we need to make sure Satan has to climb a lot of Scripture to get to you. Because if we don't know a lot about Scripture, it will be easy for us to be discouraged, to lose hope, to be insecure, and even led astray. And speaking of divine blessings, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, ni-remind tayo ni Paul. No, remember that. Ito yung sinabi niya. God has blessed us with not only one, with not only a few, but with every, every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessings. And so my prayer for all of us is just like the prayer of Paul to the believers. A prayer of enlightenment. And in verses 18 to 19 of Ephesians chapter 1, I pray and I truly pray that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened so that we will know what is the hope of our calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing power towards us who believe. So number one, God's Word edifies. Second, God affirms. No? He will affirm His assurance. No doubt, no, pag nabasa niyo yung verse 9 where it says, Blessed is everyone who blessed you and cursed is everyone who cursed you. What comes to our mind is God's unconditional blessing or covenant to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 3. Where God says, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who, cur who bless you, and to those who curse you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. You know, God promised Abraham that through him, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Are you sons and daughters of Abraham? Are you sons and daughters of Abraham? No? Kahit na hindi tayo race, uh, Jews by race, but you know what? We are the same. We are sons and daughters of Abraham because what? By faith. By faith. We are made righteous. By faith, we receive the blessings, God's blessings to Abraham. So you have God's Word, God's, God's word edifies, God affirms his assurance, and last, God's redemptive plan. You know, gusto ko pag binabasa niyo yung Bible, I want you to think of the Bible as a telenovela. 
No? And this series has 66 episodes. So, hindi siya Korean telenovela, 16 lang kasi yung Korean eh. Chinese telenovela, mahaba. No? And each, no, each book in the Bible sees its fulfillment in Christ. Even in the Old Testament, we see a foreshadow of the coming Savior. And in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, no? Numbers 24, verse 17, it says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel. You know, this immediate reference to this prophetic uh, statement seems to be si King David. Pero yung ultimate, yung final fulfillment of this passage is when the Word became flesh. When Jesus assumed a human nature and become God-man. God's redemptive plan and His commitment to bless His people reaches, reaches its pinnacle when He sends Jesus Christ to guarantee our salvation and gives God's blessing to us. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, so that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Kaya nga, we are united with Christ by faith. We also receive Jesus as what? Curse-ending sacrifice. No? Yung kanyang curse-ending sacrifice because we have received the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives in us. We were once cursed. We were once cursed with that. But now you are blessed with the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. So as this narrative was being told to the children of Israel, sa tingin nyo, alam nilang nangyayari? Hindi nila alam. They were below, and those who were planning to do spiritual warfare with them were at the hills. Hindi nila alam yung nangyayari. No? So, why? Why would Moses narrate this to the people of God as they settle in the promised land? Bakit niya kailangan sabihin yun? And what does this narrative says about God that would make them and all of us to trust and love Him more? I believe, I believe Moses wanted them to know that our God is unlike any other gods. That there is no one like Him. That God is always with them and God is always with you. He's always there to protect them and protect us, whether they knew it or not. God will protect you from earthly kings or even priest diviners. God will protect us from any physical or supernatural enemies. God wants you to know. God wants you to know that no one can curse 
the children of God, because we are blessed. We are blessed. And I want you, really, I want you to truly believe that so that we will worship in awe and in gratitude the God who calls you, the God who blesses you. We are in safe hands. We are in strong hands. We are in God's hand. God is sovereign, and His plan to bless us is unchangeable. Let me repeat that. God is sovereign, and His plan to bless us is unchangeable. You know, as we end, probably you could take a picture of this reflection question. And maybe through your quiet time no, or in your small groups, you might want to share what this question means no, or how you have reflected from this question. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, and we cannot thank you more than enough for all the blessings that you have given us. Lord, forgive us, truly forgive us, that sometimes we fail to thank you. Sometimes even the smallest things, we think of it that it is, we are entitled for it. But Lord, those are blessings. Thank you, Lord, by your grace, truly, that we are saved. Thank you, Lord, that by your grace you have kept us no? uh, from, where we, from, from all sorts of harm, but, Lord, I also would like to pray for some of our, my brothers and sisters who are going through whatever challenges or, or, or uh, difficulty. Lord, Lord, allow them to see your purpose. Allow them to see your reason why this is happening. So that, Lord, through it, through them, they can truly experience your blessings, your love, and your care. Thank you, Lord. And we lift all of these things only in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and in whose name we pray. Amen and amen.